Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Joe Kane. I'm Dan Kane. I'm Sal Conker. And I am Wayne Heckler. This is the Imperfect Podcast. In 12 different keys. <laughs> Don't forget to go to hecklercane.com and sign up to become an Imperfect Podcast Insider. To the bumper. To the bumper. To the bumper. To the bumper. What's wrong with you? You made me do it. This week's guest on the Imperfect Podcast is Broadway actor Derek Davis, who's a proud member of the Actors' Equity Association. Derek is currently starring in the North American tour of Phantom of the Opera as The Phantom. He was also seen in the Broadway production of Disney's The Lion King, understudying the roles of Mufasa and Scar. But Joe, I think you have a deeper relationship with him. Yeah, I've known Derek for umpteen years. Uh, him and I go way back. He was what I would consider my college roommate because I didn't have a college roommate. We basically spent all of our time together. We hung out, and it was just he was one of my closest friends, and he was even in my wedding party. There you go. But you guys, you guys have played music together. You've been on stage yeah. together. I mean, and now he's you know just risen to this really great role as the Phantom. Yeah. And you know we got to talk about his journey, which the grueling pace of a touring Broadway actor. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> he gave us a nice inside look. You can't say behind the scenes. I guess it's behind the stage on there Broadway. You go. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some great fans. Um, you know, he talked a lot about his fan base and what that means to him and why musical theater is so important to him. And, and, you know, as a career, the audition process is probably the most grueling part of that. And, you know, most being essential. In, yeah. And, and it was interesting to hear his take on just not only, well, being a good performer doesn't mean you're good at auditioning. Right. Um, so it was really interesting to hear that perspective and, and all the things he had to go through to really land this really prestigious role. Um, I mean, you know, didn't he say Andrew Lloyd Webber yeah. actually was the final decision maker yeah. and whether and, or not he, yeah, he was by Andrew Lloyd Webber. by Andrew Lloyd Webber. So <sighs> that in itself is just insane. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Let's hear from Derek. Well, Derek, welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. Thank you, sir, very much. Hello to you and all of your lovely viewers. Yeah. Um, well, we got to start out with this. Derek and I have known each other for <clears throat> years. <laughs> we're all still very young. Um, I met Derek when we were in college. We were actually auditioned literally one after the next in um, uh, CW Post College. There's a little plug for LIU there. And uh, I went in uh, right after him, which was quite a disaster for me uh, after hearing him sing with his beautiful pipes. And uh, I, I had to follow. What role was this? This for? was auditioning for the college. Oh, yeah, we were we were auditioning to get in, but we both ended up going in and getting our our respective degrees at the college. 
Um, so, you know, me giving your background here, this is, this is my introduction to you. So why don't you give me a little bit of your background, um, wh where you came from, where you grew up? Well, I mean, I grew up in Long Island. Uh, I'm a first-generation American. So my parents both grew up in Panama, and they migrated to New York and kind of went through the Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island journey. And uh, I was born here but have very strong uh, Panamanian roots. And so um, was brought, I say that to say that my, my upbringing was pretty strict, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, family, God, school, and sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I went to the Copic School District uh, for elementary, junior high school, and high school. And then like Joe said, after that, I went on to do um, my collegiate work at CW Post, and it was an absolute blast. It was crazy. I mean, we had some insane times. Yes. We traveled all over the world together touring, you know? Um, and uh, I graduated from there, and from that point, uh, I didn't know whether I wanted to, because I graduated with a degree in vocal music performance with a concentration in opera. And I didn't know from that point if I wanted to do opera or if I really wanted to go back to my first love and do musical theater. And so I did nothing for a little while. I just did odd jobs. And then, um, you know how they say, if you can do anything else, do it. Mm -hmm. But if you can't do something else, do what you dream of doing. I couldn't do anything else and I tried to do everything else. And so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I came back to it and I started auditioning for things and little by little I did a little bit of regional work and um, after the regional work I, I, I landed the Lion King in Las Vegas and that was my big break so to speak. Well tell us about that. Uh, I mean it w was it straightforward going in with the auditions or what was the process to land the Lion King? Nothing in this industry is straightforward. <laughs> see, see, that's what we want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it's grueling. And the more I do it, the more I understand the necessity of it. You know, um, they have to make sure that they have people with stamina and drive and determination to get over all the hurdles that the industry presents you with as you're performing. Uh, and so they make... The, the audition process really tough um, to kind of, I feel, for the obvious reason of trying to find the people with the talent and the ability, but also to weed out the people who don't have the chutzpah, so to speak, to mm -hmm. what it takes and to, to really sacrifice essentially almost everything for your craft, you know? Um, and so the audition process for Lion King was, was really long. Um, by the time I got to be a part of the company, it had become this legendary musical. So the Vegas production was going to be a step above as a spectacle and beautiful and sexy and a bigger cast and bigger set and bigger everything. And so um, the audition process was bigger. So uh, long story slightly shorter, I had um, eight callbacks and interviews before I got the gig. Um, and so in between each callback was about between five to ten days so it was like you go in and you audition and well the first audition was for the casting director then you go home you wait i got a phone call all right come back we want you to sing uh that song that you sang but sing it a little bit differently like this came back did that left came back again had to sing material that they that they gave me left had to wait got another call came back had to do more material plus some lines go back wait got another call 
come back. Now the creative team is starting to come in little by little, and then there's the 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 dance audition portion of it, and it was just mind blowing. And at the end of it, I was just about to say forget it, mm-hmm. like this is ridiculous. We're going into the holiday season. I just don't want to do it anymore. But I stuck it out, and I got the gig. Yeah, yeah. So mentally, it's just exhausting. It sounds. It- Exhausting, 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 exhausting. Because you're waiting, you're constantly waiting. And how do you feel after each audition? I mean, do you ha- do you get any sense of like I think it's going good? Uh, what we've heard from others and actors in the business, not in, not in the theater side of things, but a callback is at least a good thing, right? I mean, they're yeah. calling you back, right? So yeah. something went well. Um, and do you have any sense of how many other people you're competing with for this role, that role? Well, for Lion King, there were a lot. There were several, I would say hundreds of people um, that there was the competition between. And you kind of get a sense of how you feel you did when you leave the audition, but you never know what they're getting on their side of the table, so to speak, you know? And also the other dynamic that I've learned and that I try to tell as many people as I can is, I know it sounds cliche to say the rejection may not be them rejecting you, they're just rejecting the scenario, but it's really true because um, I'm six foot four. Mm -hmm. So if I have to play opposite a person where we have to see eye to eye and be the same height, they're gonna be looking for another six foot four person if they so choose me to play the role. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm a black person. So if they want it to be racially uh, homogenous, then they're gonna have to have another black person or they're gonna have to decide that they wanted to to mix it up and see where that goes. You know, there's so many things that go into choosing an individual for a role um, that you have to just go in audition. I've learned from many, many years of auditioning. You have to go in, audition, do your best, and leave it there. Mm-hmm. If you, it, It's part of the responsibility of your job is to audition. So whether you get it or not, you're going to continue to audition anyway. So just audition, leave it there, walk away from it. If you get a call back, rock. If not, you're already getting ready for the next one. And I'm sure after that grueling experience, a lot of times you probably don't get the job, but they remember you for future jobs. Exactly. That's so true. Because um, I did uh, Dreamgirls at Dallas Theater Center. While I was doing uh, Lion King on Broadway, I started to feel like my creative juices were waning a bit. And so I asked them if I could have a leave so I could go to Dallas and do that. And um, they gave it to me and I went there. And it turns out the casting director for Dreamgirls in Dallas was also uh, Mary Sugarman. She's the casting director for Phantom in the U.S. at large. And so she actually called my manager and asked him if I would consider being put into the pool of consideration for Phantom uh, on the road. And that's how I got this game. Wow. Excellent. So I'm curious. I, I like to usually ask people, um, because I want to talk about the triumphs, but I also like to talk about the disappointments. What was your lowest moment in all of this? Like auditioning and getting rejection. Was there like a real low point for you where you were just ready to give it all up? Um, Like I'm going to get a day job. <laughs> <laughs> I Joe could tell you. I mean, yeah. I had out of college, I started auditioning feverishly thinking that I knew what I was doing, but I didn't realize that at that point that uh, auditioning is a craft in and of itself because you have um, in a show you have two hours to create this arc and if you have a mistake you have tons of time to fix it and make everything better but in an audition you have 30 seconds to get in the room get out of the room and convince these people that you can do two hours worth of work so it's, it's really its own dynamic but as far as rejection is concerned when I first started out um, 
I wasn't good at auditioning. I was good at performing. Mm -hmm. And so um, the rejection got to me and I stopped altogether. I stopped for like five, six years. Um, and I was a bank teller. I did real estate. I did uh, <laughs> uh, personal injury protection for State I, Farm. I, I tried to get you to buy us a house at back, way back when when we were looking, but uh, you turned me <laughs> down, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was right around the time you just went off for Lion King the first yeah, time. He moved on to yeah. bigger things. Yes. So, uh, I'm a little busy right he was now. Bu he was busy. Just a little busy. Right <laughs> no, it, um, so the rejection did get to me. It, it was very, very hard. But... Um, like I said before, when I realized that there literally was nothing that I wanted to do more, I had to come to grips with the fact that that rejection was going to be a part of the journey, you know, and just get out there and do it. Hey, tell us about some of your favorite roles that you have played. My favorite role? Gabrielle von Eisenstein. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's a little that's a little cue in the bank there for uh i i played dr falca and he played eisenstein in uh doc in uh deflator mouse <laughs> so that was that was a lot of fun that was a good time yeah um some of my favorite roles um mufasa because it was my first major role um scar because it was at the time the hardest role because it's so against my character, his character, you know? Um, and so that was a great experience, getting to be the villain. It was really, really cool. Um, and then of course, Phantom. I mean, it's, cr it's crazy. Like I say it, because I don't give myself a lot of permission to think about what it is that I'm doing. I kind of just do it. Because when I think about it, it can be an overwhelming thought and I don't want to get lost in that emotion until I'm done playing the role. You know, um, but Phantom is literally a dream come true. It's the first musical my parents took me to see as a kid. So it's a complete full circle to be able to stand on a stage and do for other generations what was done for me. It's it's, it's a mind blower. And how did that process go specifically for Phantom? We talked a lot about the Lion King audition process. Was Phantom similar in some ways or was it just completely different? Phantom is a beast because much like Lion King, but very different, it's, um, it's international. Lion King started on Broadway. Phantom started in London. So um, the process was instantly very intense. I had my first audition and my callback was that night. Um, and directly after that, they had me come back the next day. And I had to do this and it, it just kept coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. And it was day after day after day after day until the point where I walked into the audition center and there was a full camera crew. There were three cameras, one center, one left, one right. And a whole lighting system and like 15 people in the room it's crazy because they had to record it and send it back to Cameron McIntosh and Andrew Lloyd Webber because they have the final say who gets wow. Wow. the role, obviously. You know, sure. um, so that was intense in a different way because it was so fast and um, I don't know. It was just they were looking for something so specific, so specific, and it was in those moments where I had to figure out what they were looking for and create it in my body instantly and give it back to them to prove to them. Not only could I perform the role, but I was malleable, you know, and, and they were a, a, a performer who doesn't say my way or the highway, but is, is able to 
mold to what the director is looking for. Nice, sure. So what is it like being on, um, you know, a touring production like this of this mass? Like, is there a lot of camaraderie with the other crew and cast members? I mean, is it just like a big family atmosphere? I mean, is it just a lot of time on the road? Like, what what is it like being just part of the production that you're in it day to day? I think it's different for everybody on the road. You know, um, the ensemble, they're incredibly tight and it's beautiful to see because they spent a lot of spend a lot of time together backstage and offstage. Um, for the Phantom, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, it's a very, very lonely track. And I was I was uh, warned about it in the beginning. Um, my dressing room is apart from everybody. Um, I have to get to the theater 45 minutes to an hour before anybody else arrives because of the makeup process. So I'm in my chair getting makeup done while everybody else is coming in so I don't see them when they're coming in. After the show, they're all gone while I'm still getting my makeup taken off. So it's it's a lonely track. So being on the road has been a bit of a challenge, mm -hmm. but also a great opportunity for me to find, <laughs> that sounds so silly, find myself again, you know? As, <laughs> And it's, I, I was going to say, it's, fun, it's funny that it actually probably plays better into the role of the fandom, that Absolutely. you don't have that camaraderie, you feed off it of does. that energy. It does. And um, I I knew what I was getting into when I, got, when I took the role, <clears throat> and so I decided to dedicate the year completely committed to the role. Everything I've done this year has been to make sure that I'm on stage and um, able to perform the role and giving it my all, my dressing room. When I'm in there by myself, it's dark, like the layer on stage. Um, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm committed to the role. I'm committed to the role. And so, um, yeah, it does serve the role very well, I guess. So, but it so, doesn't serve my life very well. <laughs> uh, since you said you're committed, let me say, so for sports people, you have to play with injuries. Have you ever yep. had to act with injuries or sadness in your life? What was one like the hardest days at work that you had to face? Um... What did I do? Oh, I pulled my groin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um, I play the role very aggressively when it comes to the physicality of it, uh, because I feel like after reading the novel a few times that if this man is being driven to murder, he's not going to park and bark. You know what I mean? He's not going to stand still and sing a song and look pretty all the time. When it's time to be pretty, he's he's the perfect uh, picture of beauty and com composure. But when he goes off the rails, he's off the rails. Like, he's completely off the rails. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a, a part in the final scene where I drop to the ground and my right knee caught the deck as the rest of my body was turning to the left. And my groin was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> after that, uh, I tried to do the show a couple of times with it, but it just didn't work. And so I was taken out of the show for a while, hmm. for like a week and a half. How has um, the fan reactions been? And what is the, uh, how, how do you feel as, you know, playing such a major role? Have you had a lot of, you know, fan interaction? Has there been crazy fan activity like what is that like in terms of uh, you know achieving this t type of level in, in the theater I love all my fans they are <laughs> I tell you the phantom fans <laughs> go 
hard. They go so hard. I've had fans get on a plane and fly to a city that I'm in to give me a gift. Like, mm-hmm. that's insane dedication. Yeah. It's it's almost, you know how like, um, what is it, uh, Rocky Horror? Mm-hmm. Like the show, the people who love Rocky Horror, sure. they go in. When they go to the Rocky <laughs> Horror premieres or the shows or whatever, they come dressed and blood is everywhere and everybody's a thousand percent. That's how the fans are for this show. Um, they all and- come wearing masks? <laughs> they some, do, they they do. masks some people come wearing the christine outfit some people come looking like madame jerry it's wow. unreal if you go to my instagram dream climber you, you you can see it all on there i try and catch as many of them especially the little bits <laughs> when the parents the little kids come dressed up with the mask and the cape it's so cool that's got to be great the phantom running around with his camera hey can i take a picture of you (laughs) (laughs) no wait don't leave don't leave no 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 No, i don't have to be in the picture i just want a picture of you (laughs) exactly Exactly. well one of the things one of the things about musical theater is the instant gratification of an of an audience and theater in general as opposed to TV, cinema, film, things, things where, you know, rarely do the actors or filmmakers get audience reaction, gratification um, mm. that's so immediate. Is that one of the things that draws you to musical theater? Do you like mm. that in immediate, instant uh, audience gratification? It isn't, oh God, how can I say this? It isn't, I don't feel like it's for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the only socially appropriate reaction that we've been given to tell the people I connected with you. You know what I mean? Like I felt what you were giving, like you gave me life, you made me cry, you made me this, you made me that. So when people applaud, I feel like I've been throwing at them all this emotion and all this storytelling and that's their opportunity to throw something back at me and it's kind of like that's when we get to connect for a second. So I don't do it for the applaud but or for that instant response but I do like it because it's it's the dynamic of live theater where I couldn't do it without an audience, or I could, but nobody would ever know, and it would, it would just be for myself. But um, it's that interplay between over the fourth wall. I, I do love it. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's good. Yeah, I think the audience uh, that your your fans that listen to this are gonna really appreciate that sentiment as well. So that's really cool. Well, we've talked a lot about your theater experience and everything else. Uh, Other things on the outside, you do have a couple of albums out. uh, You have a uh, a, a now and again band that you're you're going out and playing with. Um, Yes. And there's one example. There's there's one example right here. This is uh, a Christmas journey. One voice, one instrument by Derek Davis. So you can go pick that up. We'll put a a little in the camera. So um, yeah, you're doing. You're very successful in what you're doing. Um, what is your what is your thoughts on on the music end of it outside of theater? As far as as like my albums and stuff. Yeah, as far as your performances and what oh, do you... I never stop writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have so many songs written. Uh, I'd like to do another album. I'm actually working on another project. Um, I get really shy when it comes to <laughs> yeah, <your> personal <laughs> projects. Put my music out because it's very personal. It's like right. you know, as as uh, people in the arts, like when you put something on paper, it's your soul going out there. But um, I'm excited for people to hear it. This one is a little more cohesive as far as, is going to be a little more cohesive as far as style genre. I'm very eclectic as a person, but that doesn't um, 
always work when you put it together in a project. I think it worked in our project. Um, but the next one will be a little bit more cohesive. Nice. Yeah. Well, cool. we've gotten a chance over the past few years to work together. I did play in uh, one incarnation of your band at one point, which was fun. Yeah. I played guitar. We did get to do, as we said, uh, Deflator Mouse together when we were in college. Um, and the other project that we got to do was, uh, you worked with everybody here, um, mm -hmm. was Bad Luck Charlie. It was a little indie indie film short. And yeah. um, that, that was a great experience for oh, us. Yeah, we, we had fun. I hope you had fun. <laughs> I did. It was a great time. We're actually working on releasing that soon, so we're gonna get that released soon. <laughs> sweet, sweet. I'm looking forward to all the things you guys are working on because I mean those scripts and the ideas and and, and the outcomes are just insane. Cool. Thank we'll have you. to we'll Thank have you. to have you come down for the next season of uh, Seymour, the Unfortunate Vampire. <laughs> yes, yes. If there I was, this. huh? If there was uh, advice you could go back and give yourself 15 years ago, what would that be? following the, the career path that you did? Um, do everything exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Don't change anything. <laughs> um, oh, God, I'm going to sound like Oprah. Um, <laughs> you're enough. You are enough. You, you, you be believe in yourself, I guess. Um <laughs> Just that I statement guess. is funny. <laughs> Believe in yourself, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it sounds, it, it, it's, I know, sure. Just, just like, don't be afraid to do what you know is in your heart to do. If it's in your heart to do, just do it. The only failure is in not trying. All these things sound like cliches, but I've lived long enough for these cliches to make sense. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm, sure. <laughs> If, if, if you want to do something, do it. If you draw a picture and it comes out crappy, you drew it, you know? Try it again, draw another one. If, if you do an audition and you don't get it, who cares? There are thousands of people auditioning every day that don't get gigs, you know? It's part of the game, just don't be afraid. Don't, fear is a waste of time. It's mm -hmm. such a waste of time. Just have fun. Life is so damn short, it's so short. Oh my God, it's so short. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Gotta enjoy it while we have it. Make sure you love. Love is very important. Yeah. Very important. Tell the people you love, you love them right away. Tell, I love you, Joe. I love, I love you too, man. <laughs> love you, Derek, man. I love you. <laughs> you opened up a can of worms so, on this table you, now. Right back at you. <laughs> That's funny, because we were just listening to the Cupids before this. I think yes. it might have had something to, to do with the... Uh, yeah, it might be. It might be. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, Derek, uh, you want to tell our, our fan base and everything how they can keep track of you, uh, your Twitter, your your Instagram. Instagram, your website? Absolutely. So um, my social media is Dream Climber on Twitter, Instagram, all of that. All one word, Dream Climber. And um, also you can go to my website that has all the information, all the upcoming dates for the tour, all the things that I'm going to be doing. Um, it's therealderickdavis.com. D-E-R-R-I-C-K. I thought I fixed it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the real one, though. That's the it's real, the real Derek, Derek Davis. Davis. Yeah. Um, um, therealderickdavis.com. Yeah, awesome. I'm actually I'm actually looking forward. I'm getting a chance. I got tickets to go see uh, Derek in Connecticut on November 18th. 
Oh, by the way, so I'll be driving up there to uh, to go take a look at the Phantom for the first time. It's a great show. I'm sorry I haven't gotten there sooner, but <laughs> no, we weren't close. This is perfect timing. Yeah, cool. I get to close it out with my friends. Yeah, <laughs> nice, awesome. All right, Derek. Well, we really appreciate you calling in. Uh, this has been informative to our audience, and and um, you know we again proud of you for what you've done throughout the years, and and I'm glad to have called you a friend. You were in my wedding party. Yes, um, sir. You know, obviously we're we're very close. So. And you're still married. So. And I'm still married, so that's a good positive thing. Well, I don't get down with things that fail. <laughs> He's the dream climber. That's Is, right. Isn't that better advice to your question before, Dan? <laughs> I don't get down with things that fail. Yeah. <laughs> don't get down with things that fail. <laughs> that's awesome. That's the quote of the episode. <laughs> awesome, Derek. Thank you so much. It's Thank been you. a pleasure, Derek. Take Thank I'm Bing Crosby. I'm Dean Martin. I'm Rita Hayworth. <laughs> you, can be a little you can be a little All personal. Right. You're not going to make I it so official. I'm sure that I'm hearing you correctly. Oh, believe me, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, please put that on the bumper reel. <laughs> oh, please. We should, we should put all this stuff at the end of the podcast just to see if anyone hears this stuff. <laughs> you know I do that he all does. the time. Yeah, true, Nobody yeah. ever says anything about it. No. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.